This is John Zaninovich. Welcome to Move My Mass. You'll be hearing from great guests talk about balancing life and being fit. What's up, Randy? Nice to have you. How you doing, bud? All right, man. Welcome to Move My Mass. I love it. You know, I see you all the time at events and you walk up, move my mass, move my mass. Every time I see you, I'm like, I got to have this guy on. You know, so, you know, for you listeners out there, this is Randy Martin, owner of Covenant Coffee, best coffee house in town, best coffee house anywhere, actually. We're going to get into that story a little bit later. But first, you know, going back to your energy, every time I see you in an event, it's just, you're just off the chart, (laughs) positive energy, high energy, ready to go. And yeah, I just wanted you to have the chance to tell your story, man, how, how are you always that high? So let me back up just a second because I left out an important part. You're the taco man. Taco man. You come to all the events that you know I show up to, the Rock Cobbler, Gravelero, Grapes of Wrath, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you show up as the taco man. Right. Explain that. Explain what the taco man is, how you came up with it, and then, yeah, we'll just go from there. You got it. Well, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I do appreciate what you're doing and just sharing, like you said, adding value to people's lives. So hopefully we can do that today. I'm not sure how much this taco man story will add value, but it does have some good humor. It totally adds value. So The um, energy is crazy. Right. So taco man actually started um, in Tijuana. This is where the whole origin of taco man uh, began. Makes sense. I'm in Tijuana, uh, somewhere around Revolution Street, probably around 1987 or so. All right. And uh, we used to go to this little place called Tijuana Taco Bell. And the dude was cooking out of a truck tire, and the tacos were incredible. And I ate so many tacos there, and he said, you are from now on Taco Man. <laughs> and so that's how Taco Man started. And then Taco Man kind of went away, unless I went back there, and then my buddies yeah, would call me yeah. Taco Man or whatever. And... uh you know, who doesn't love tacos? Right. So uh, then, you know, the events start rolling out. Sam's doing uh, the first cobbler or second cobbler. And and I, I, sh- I said, hey, man, I'll help out and we'll do some stuff. And uh, I had a panda suit. So the first year, uh, I, I was actually a panda. And then the second year, uh, I recruited a friend. And he uh-huh. said, hey, I've got a taco suit that would probably fit you better. Uh-huh. And I said, well, that's great. I could be... taco man and you could be the panda (laughs) yeah and then we recruited a jester and so then pretty soon there was a cast of characters that just became part of the cobbler yeah and uh then soon other events so that was the origin of taco man was back in the 80s then it developed out (laughs) as that and then by the time year two of the cobbler came around that was it and then we went through taco man's house forget about it it became its own legend so now I'm actually Taco Man six six one on Instagram, and it's mostly cycling and ridiculous adventure pursuits. Well, here's the thing that to kind of blend this into the whole fitness aspect of Move My Mass. Yeah, you come as Taco Man. It's all it's all fun and games, and you're dressed up and woohoo, cheering everybody on at these events that are ninety, a hundred miles. Right. Here's the thing that I've always wondered because I watch you. I'm like, how many miles is he putting in? Just 
Because what you do at these is you're, you're at the start and then you ride ahead and you go find, you know, you right. take a shortcut so you can get ahead of the course and then you're cheering them on and yeah. you're taking video and you're interviewing. You're just doing it all. Like you're the head, head I'm cheer the man guy. on the course. That's you're the for man sure. on the course. <laughs> and I watch and always watch it. And I'm like, he's got to be putting in, I don't know how many, 50, 60 miles? At least half. Right. Usually every, and in a taco suit, which is basically like wearing a 1976 Chevelle upholstery kit on your body. Oh, they're going to see it. Anybody that's watching, that is going to be the the picture of you is going to be in the taco man yeah, suit. That's what's going to be on YouTube. So, so everybody's going to have it. In the morning, I start out like in leggings and I think they're sharks. Yeah. Uh, I think oh, they're yeah. girls leggings. But anyway, so I, I get pretty warm and then I try to start shelling stuff. Right. But you cannot shell that taco shell. It's yeah. just too hot. So, yeah. And then usually there's a wig and a sombrero. Right. And you can't just disrobe on course because then you stop being Taco Man. So but the, my favorite is <laughs> one year we're up that that uh, rock trail outside of Nichols Place going uh-huh. in the back country, right? And it's just hot. And it's nasty. And I'm riding. And uh, guys are coming by. I'm stopping every once in a while. I get footage, you know, of them coming by. And uh, this young kid kind of rides by me. Really fit guy. Probably top 20. And he goes, hey, Taco Man on the struggle bus. And I was like, I'm pick up a rock and kill this kid. I said, I know what you look like. <laughs> right, right. Taco Man was ready to die. I think I, I laid in that trough about halfway up that thing. And then I kept riding. Yeah. And then that's when the guys would freak out because they were like, oh, dude, where'd you come from? Right. Yeah. You know, you're just right there. And then uh, you're here. And then so man, you got to know your way around. But that's yeah. what I always think too. I'm like, this guy's got hidden tunnels mm-hmm. to yeah. get around the course ahead of everybody. It's super fun. And then what I enjoy most of it is that I know how much they're suffering. So cycling is one of those sports, like a lot of sports, right? So I think yeah. that's why we have an affinity with Olympic athletes or, or tour de France guys or whatever, because their pain is real human pain. It's it real. just, it takes us a lot quicker time to get there (laughs) so we can feel the same way it's just we don't ride 100 miles a day for 20 days we We, know what we go down the block (laughs) we know what they're feeling (laughs) even though we we feel it a lot sooner and or it's golf you know and so everybody's like i was playing with sam just the other day some charity tournament he chipped a ball in from like 45 yards out and we're jumping around just like you would see a guy Right. And the pros. Now, Sam, all the other shots did not look like that. Right. But that but one, hey, he hit it. That one what was right. it. Or I make a big putt, right? But you get that feeling that you're that guy that can make that one shot. Right. And I think cycling's that way. So that's what's so fun about it is that I know what it took for them to get to that spot where the trough's at. And I know how much pain they're at. And I know the, the whether it's muddy and their bike broke or yes. whatever's happening. And they're going through their own internal questioning about why the hell am I doing this race? It's a stupid thing I've ever done. So it's right at that time that Taco Man can yell and scream and say, boy, way yeah. to go. You're killing it. Rock it. Yeah, and so, so the important. energy is really about the moment and helping people get through a very difficult time. And then they're so, it's weird because the first year I didn't really get it. You know, I just thought we were out playing games and having a good time. And right. then people were like, dude, you saved me. I was ready to quit. I literally was saying, I'm turning around. And yeah. I came around the corner and there you were. And you gave me a hand up and I was like, yeah, I can do this. And, right. and then then, they're, then they figured out I lied to them a lot. Just, you know, you got a couple more turns, man. Everybody lies in endurance sports. Yeah. It, you know what? It flattens out around the next corner. No, it this doesn't. This is the last hill. <laughs> right. Yeah. The vets came back. Taco man, we know what you're doing. So right. just tell right. us the truth. Right. right. You got yeah. about 
2200 more feet of climbing <laughs> yeah. and some real steep stuff. Do you so really just, want to know the truth? Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's been fun. And so that's the energy is, is kind of like, uh, it, 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 it's a feedback. Right. And I think a lot of life's like that. So whatever you're giving, right. And, and receiving back that keeps you motivated to move on. Totally and, does. and, um, that's in all relationships and that's in, and workflow and, and your teammates is that, you know, we, we can put out a lot. Right. Yeah. And, um, the principle of reciprocity is that, you know, if I do something for you, then you feel like you should do something for me. So we've actually tested this in Vegas. It's fun at a door. You go open doors for people and you watch and they freak out and they think you're the doorman, but then they realize you're not because doorman don't and dress then they like hold you. it open for the next person. They do. Right. It's the weirdest thing. And then, but that little stuff carries on or, you know, we, we explain it to foster youth we work with. We're like, you know, if, if I take you to lunch, you know, you're like, oh, that's great. And we go to lunch the next time and I buy your lunch again. Okay, that's fine. The third time, I'm like, dude, it's a mooch. Right. At least offer, say something. Can I get <laughs> right. some of this or not? Right, right, right. right. But that, that principle of reciprocity, it works in athletics and events. And that's why I think we have that fan-athlete relationship. Because mm -hmm. a fan's sitting there like going there. I mean, they need exercise, right? But yeah. they're watching somebody eating a hot dog, cheering them on. But that guy swinging the bat or doing whatever he is just as excited to have that guy there rooting right. them on because they're in a slump. It does go back you know, and forth. And that's the neat thing about it. So with cycling, it was so interesting that that was something I didn't think about. And then you watch Tour de France and then you see the fervor and the flares and some right. idiots, right? Yeah. Cause awful wrecks. But we try not to do that one year. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story? <laughs> oh, about, of course. So the year the Tour of California comes into town, right? The first year, obviously, it's, it's uh, I think it was... Um, it was stage. So there were, there were, as a road race. Right, right. Right. And then the second time was, it was a, um, time trial. And, um, turns out you don't run with people in time. trials. <laughs> <laughs> and let me see Did the taco we, man run with somebody. Yeah, We were at the bridge by Ethel's. We were underneath uh -huh. the bridge all camping out. We had like 15 people and the riders would come by and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, of course, Marshall came by and goes, Hey idiots, you don't run with people in time trials. <laughs> you stay out of the way. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, well, why not? Lesson learned. Still, right? <laughs> but speaking of giving back and forth, let's let's talk about Covenant Coffee a little bit. Yeah. You know, nonprofit. Right. You're helping foster youth that have aged out of the system. Yeah. That's the primary objective. Sure. Goal. You know, there's got to, I can't imagine the work that goes into that. And it just leads back to your energy that you bring. Right. Tell me about what's what's a day like running. I can't imagine what it's like to run a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. But you know, now you're you've got a whole new angle. What's what's a typical day for you? Well, typical day. First of all, excuse me. We have a great team. So yeah. I think just like any athletic pursuit or whatever, if you're in a team sport, you want a great team, and you want people in the right positions. So you don't want a guy that should be a goalkeeper dribbling the ball up front. You don't want a guy that's a good dribbler in the goal. Right. So whatever sport it is and the analogy that's there, but you know, teammates are crucial. And we have a great team at Covenant and uh, they do all the work. So um, Zach runs the coffee house is the roaster. Belinda's there. And you know, you've met all these folks before coming yes. in. Thank you for coming in and supporting. Um, so, you know, our team that does the social service side, they've been there a long time as well. We've got some great people, some great admin folks, great board of directors, and then good donors. So, 
I'm not the owner. I'm the current uh, CEO. You're the owner of Covenant. It's a, it's a yeah, public yeah. nonprofit. Right. I do run it and manage it and lead it. But, you know, it, it's just like, so I consider myself more the coach, general mm -hmm. manager of a great team. Um, but that takes its own deal. So most of my stuff is helping our team put out fires so they can be the best they can be. So our kind of motto is better your best every day. And so we wake up thinking that no matter if it's brewing a cup of coffee or customer service or trying to get it right, just meeting the kid at his house and helping them through a domestic violence issue or maybe their kids are getting removed. Mm -hmm. So foster care can be very dark, right? There's nothing I good about that. how it happened. And there's typically nothing good about the result. Mm -hmm. So we're what we call the, you know, the, the game changer. We're, right. we're the bullets out of the gun and it should hit a target. Right. So we changed tra trajectory by being that force that's in between that's saying, you don't have to do this. And so you don't have to be your mom and dad. You don't have to fall into the trap of right. no education, no social skills, no self worth, no any of that. And that's the difficult part about it. And we have people that are very gifted at doing that. So I get the pleasure of leading them to help them stay sharp and at their best every day. So my typical day is doing that. And then a, a lot of mundane things uh, that right. do with the back end of, of running a nonprofit. Um, but it's a blessing. And then, and then just sharing the story in the community. So one of your questions is, is I think, about a source of energy. Right. Correct. I, I, think, you I think that for so many people, you know, we, they we lack sometimes a, a source of of uh, a purpose or design. Mm -hmm. And so I was lucky enough that God knew I was a knucklehead and would take too long to try to figure it out. So he made it very simple. When I was a young man, I, I simply raised my hand in a church service uh, where they said, hey, would you like to be a counselor to take foster kids to a camp? I didn't know what a foster kid was in right. 1995 when I raised my hand. And yeah. my wife's sitting next to me, and she's like, put your hand down. I'm pulling my hand down. I'm like, what are you doing? So I keep my hand like, up. It's going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had done soccer camps and clinics and coached mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So it was not a big deal. And, and then it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, we went up there, and these kids, 6 to 12 years old, just were shattered, broken. and uh, But, you know, kids. Inside of them was just a kid right. that wants to – have a life and be loved and encouraged. And, and I had had all that. So I, I grew up in a, um, a pretty wild, wacky family, but it was none of that abuse and neglect stuff. Right. So I didn't have any of the trauma, so I couldn't relate, but I knew how to love and laugh and have fun. So engaging these kids and then they figure out that I've had um, some educational background and, and, um, liberal studies and, and primary school education that I've done soccer camps that I've been a coach. So, they finger me as the guy that has to deal with anything. So it's uh, sitting on Tuesday, camp's five days. Tuesday, I get called to go talk to the biggest kid in camp, this 11-year-old that's punching kids every time he gets upset. And they're like, you got to uh, tell Jerome he's got to go home. Um, I'm like, oh, man. They're like, yeah, you're, th you're the best at this, so just you need to do it. So I'm like, fine. So I get this big kid. We go out in Fraser Park behind this cabin. We're sitting on these steps, and and uh, I'm like, "Hey, Jerome, man, you know you, you can't be punching kids, and they want to send you home." Well, you don't care. I'll go home. What do you care about me? I'm like, they're volunteering. Everybody here's volunteering to come up here to be with you. He goes, "No, you're paid." I go, "No, I'm not. Nobody here's paid." He's like, "Yeah, every my life's paid. My social worker, my foster parents, my counselor, my tutor." He just starts listing off all these paid people. Now I'm like. 
starting to get it, right? Yeah. yeah he's I literally didn't know any foster kids or the whole story. You know, right. I think a lot of people don't. They're not aware. Right. And so uh, I'm like, well, that's that's awful. But no, I'm not paid. I got a family at home, job and all that stuff. He's, oh, you got kids? I'm like, yeah, I two kids. So you left your kids and your wife and your job to come up here with me? I'm like, yeah. I felt like God wanted me to come up here and hang out with you and have fun. And so I don't want to send you home. He goes, well, that's cool. I'm like, yeah. Because you don't know anything about me. I go, I, you're right, man. I don't. I don't know anything about you. You know about me, so tell me about yourself. He's like, no, you don't want to know. I'm like, yeah, I do. He goes, okay. So he's like, pulls up his sleeve, and he goes, these are cigarette burns. Oh, and man. here's some, see this on my calf and my back? That's from uh, electrical cords where I was whipped. My mom would have men over and have sex with them and do drugs. And then after they were done beating on her, they'd beat on me. Yeah. And I'm just like floored. Right. And I start, I start sobbing. Yeah. And crying. And I'm like, oh man. He's like, what are you crying for? Big kid, man. And I'm like, dude, your life shouldn't be like this. You're 11. You should be like playing little league and staying over friend's house at night and swimming and having a good time. Not, yeah. not, you know, getting burnt and seeing that kind of stuff. And now I'm like trying to talk to him visibly sobbing. Right. And this 11 year old foster kid reaches out, puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, it's going to be okay. <laughs> right. To and you. I was like, oh, dude, this is yeah. what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Is that right. kid right there at that moment? I went, went home, told Kim the next, I said, next year you're going to this camp. She goes, oh, no, who's going to watch kids? I was like, I'll watch kids. She goes, it is God. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I went up that first year. She went to second year, the third year. We were directors and we did it for 15 years. Then we started Covenant in 1999 in a roundabout way. It became uh, all the things it is now. At first, it was just foster care. Now we're national trainers for that same camp. We've raised up about 33 camps. So my purpose, my motivation, why I get up every day for that is very easy and it's set. And I don't have to wonder if I'm moving or if I'm going to get a new job or do I right. take another position? I'm kind of, this is my deal until death do us part, right? So right. that gives me a different different kind of activity base for energy, right? And, and so, so, so when I come at life, I come at it with, I know my purpose. You know your purpose, but there's, and I've asked a few business owners that have come on, gym owners, whatever. There are some days you've got to wake up. I'm assuming that you're just like, man, just, I don't know, a blah day. Yeah. What are your tricks to go into covenant with that energy? Because you don't get to walk in grumpy and no and silent, and you've got to keep their energy and their positivity going. What's your trick? Well, I think I think for a lot of people, whether you're an athlete or a business owner or or dad or a mom or somebody that's just out there doing their purpose every day, husband, wife, whatever, in any relationship, it, it is knowing how to take time for yourself to avoid those days coming, right? Nobody can avoid being sick. Nobody can avoid that right. ugly, nasty feeling, but we can, I think like not overtrain, mm-hmm. right? We can, we can not put ourselves through those conditions where we know we're going to hurt or harm ourselves with too much. And then the other thing is we could just chill out, you know? Right. So part of my taco man deal is a chill out, relax. That's escape. your, like your escape. You know, I can your, go ride a bike event. or go do whatever. Right. So I'm not training to be a professional athlete. My bikes are for fun yeah. and I keep them that way. And if anybody's too serious, then we usually don't ride together because I'm not like trying to do anything. If I want to keep it that way. And like, 
if you ever ask me to swim, I'll go do cannonballs on you because <laughs> that's, that's a sport that I want to lounge chair and hanging right. out. I'm, totally not, I'm not trying to, you know, to be, but I understand for other people that is their rhythmic motion. And so my, if I, you, you said, what's your trick? I, I would try to kind of weekly wander, whether uh -huh. I get on a bike, uh, ride, uh, do whatever, journal, be creative, but get outside of my wheelhouse. Okay. So weekly wander away. You know, daily divert. So every day I go do something that's not related to child abuse and neglect where I don't see all that trauma and I don't think about it all day long, mm -hmm. but I just get away. Whether it's reading a book about leadership or I could be watching, like tonight I'm going to watch U.S. national team play. And when I do that, I'm not going to think about anything. Yeah, you're just right? But daily divert, weekly wander, monthly move. I usually like to get out of the area. And that doesn't even mean out of the area. I could go sit by the river. I could sit by the river for 30 minutes on my bike and... You're Check good. it out. You know? Yeah. And then uh, for me, being a spiritual person, I, I, I literally pray. I just pray the blahs off and, and be honest. You know, hey, I'm, man, I'm not having a good, good day. And, and uh, you know, as we were talking before the show, just this COVID thing's freaking me out because there are days where I literally don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. And I knowing my personality and who I am, that's I know not that's you. not me. So I'm like, oh. so I have to, I think, give myself permission to not be that guy. Right. Which is weird. Yeah. Because I don't want to do that. That's just cognitive dissonance. I'm like, I know. You don't connect to that yeah, at all. That's me. I got to get up and make it happen. And then you do it. And you're like, oh, man, that was very, very not good. So, so, <laughs> so I think the trick is for me, prayer. And then those, those little tactics of daily diverting, whatever way I can. And sometimes that could be lunch with a friend or we're just hamming it up. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk to everybody about everything. So right. even though that's my mission and purpose in life, I don't drag it into every relationship and make it your mission and purpose, right? We don't Correct. often talk about any of that stuff because when I'm with you, I want to be your friend and talk about whatever. Yeah. Right? I tell you I saw Razzle Dazzle across the country at a Winn-Dixie. Right? right. That yeah. kind of stuff. It, yeah. But, totally you know, that daily divert, <laughs> weekly wander, uh, monthly move, and then, you know, just traveling with my wife and enjoying people and family and friends. Trying to avoid it is my best remedy. Not, right. <laughs> not you know, I know a lot of people can't do that. You can't help if you've got a 12-hour job and you've got to go. And, like, these poor nurses that are have been nursing forever and doing the things they do or, or uh, seeing people hurt and, and having to be the only member in a, in a confined room when somebody passes. I mean, I can imagine all that stuff. So, yeah, but I think there's a reality that we're all learning about the, the, the trauma and you see these athletes now coming out and saying, Hey, my mental health, I don't want to do this. And, you know, people are like bagging on them. I'm like, a lot more self-realization yeah, now. Just whatever, let it go. I mean, who cares? You're not Simone Biles. If she doesn't want to compete, you know, how about you get off the couch and like run a lap around your house first before you start yelling at people? <laughs> yeah. And well, speaking of fitness and yeah, running laps, I mean, you are a fit person, you know, you're like you say, you don't, you know, you're not trying to be a pro athlete or anything like that. And that's not what this is about. But you've, like I say, I see you at events. I know you're covering mileage. You can't just do that off the couch. And you mentioned that, hey, I just try to do stuff. And so what what is your approach to fitness and incorporating it into your day? I mean, you got into it a little bit, but 
do you say, I want to try to ride three or four days a week or do you not have a schedule? Is it just completely, I want to do whatever the hell I want to do every day? It is a bit more organic. Um, my my um, background is as a collegiate athlete at Cal State. So a lot of different things. Then I got in some hippie days and did some, um, you know, way of the peaceful warrior stuff that was more gymnastic and Tai Chi and all sorts of stuff. So I've done a lot of different things, Tabatas for short time periods where you're seven minutes of intensity. So I know a lot of the tips and tricks from doing them throughout my life course. So I have kind of a toolbox of what fits the day. And okay. sometimes it's just knocking out push-ups. Okay. Um, one of the things that's probably bad if a restaurant owner in town's listening to this is whenever I go to a men's restroom and they have the connecting bar across the the commode, yeah. I usually do some pull-ups on that. So, <laughs> so if I ever walk into one and I see it totally wrecked, Randy's been here doing pull-ups. But, I mean, seriously, just, just when you can get it, you can sit-ups. I'm a massive fan. Uh-huh. Uh, Herschel Walker was big on just sit-ups and, and push-ups. push-ups. Yeah. Right. And so if you can't do anything, uh, do that. Um, I, I have dumbbells at work. I have dumbbells at my office at home. Um, and sometimes I feel bad because they're sitting there. I love to ride this air and from right. since having COVID and, and some work stuff, I, I haven't been able to do as much as I want, but getting out and riding. And, and then what I had to do was try not to be the athletes that I'm surrounding myself with. So it's hard to go to the cobbler or to some of these events where somebody can wake up and ride a hundred miles and climb 9,000 feet. And then they do it again tomorrow. Yeah. And I know what they're doing. So I don't try to make myself that guy. Right. Because I think it's, it's like uh, well-accomplished riders or people that have done things and they slog through a period of time to get to the excellence that they are. But people just want to come up to them after a show or when they're speaking and say, I want to be just like you. And the question is, do you want to do all the things I did to get to be me. And most people don't want, they just want no. the instant gratification. So I right. know what it takes to be that guy because I was a soccer player and we we were fourth in the nation at one time and Cal State's a great program now. Yeah. I'm very proud of of, of that uh, in my time there. You know what it but takes I know to what excel. it took to be there. Right. And I know the sacrifices I had to make and I know what I put my body through to that uh, uh, time now. And so I know, as you were saying, what my, my, my rhythm is to, to, to keep moving, move my mass, to keep that going. Right. And I've always been a version of this within five to 10 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Either way, because I, I'll watch and um, it's easy to overindulge in, in our uh, society. So that's, that's fairly easy. Yeah. Um, so I watch that and then, uh, you know, pull back when you need to and change it up. I don't diet. I know how to eat. I know how to eat right. Um, you know, you don't need another rowing machine or bicycle or gym equipment. It's pretty easy since the beginning of time. Move more, Move. eat less, eat right. Right. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's no magic potion. And the older we get, the more eating right is more important. And that was hard for me to learn because when I was, you know, pretty um, like my body fat was probably 8% during my soccer time. Yeah. Dude, I could, I could eat whatever I want. And yeah, nothing matters. Take it down. Right? But somewhere matter. around 40, all my residual fitness and all that stuff just started like, and then I look at a pizza and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was growing fat places. I didn't know fat even existed. Yeah. I'm like, right. what the heck? Where, where is yeah, this? How is right? this happening? So, so watching those things 
using belts as a guide. I mean, I'm not the guy that has five wardrobes, right? Of different belt sizes. <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah. starting going up a notch, just quit eating, man. Just <laughs> right. take it easy. Eat some water. Do it. I'm big on fasting. I saw somebody post one time. says, if you're buying new pants because you've been working out and your legs are getting bigger and you know that your legs don't fit your pants, go and buy new pants. If you're buying new pants because your waist doesn't fit anymore, stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you're not going right. to die. Right. You're going to be okay. Everybody can fast. So the other thing was, so I fasted for 21 days once and that's when I was fit. And I had a nurse um, by my side at the time watching me and checking in every two or three days and towards the end on the 21st day. And I was just water fast. Mm -hmm. um, 21 days water fast and uh, broth, a little broth. And then uh, um, day 21, my eyes started going yellow and she's like, your body's eating itself. It's oh. time to check out. And because I didn't start with a bunch of body fat then. Yeah. And so I'll continue, try to fast now and again. Even a 24-hour fast will break your mind cycle mm -hmm. about sugars. And 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 for me, it's bread. Like I'm a, dude, if you set bread right here right now, I just power through it, right? Yeah. And I feel bad about it. You go to a restaurant and like nobody else is eating bread. Everybody's on their no bread diet. And then they're it's like- It's all gone. Yeah. And then the guy's all, do you want some more bread? I'm like, dude, you bring it. I'm just going to eat it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even had our meal. So I like that with chips and salsa. Right. I'll take it down. But, keep uh, bringing it. It's going to keep going. So down. a fast is like a reset. It, your mind even will, will do it. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. I'm no tricky guy around that stuff. I'm just pretty much when you can move, move and uh, you can do a lot of things. I mean, Tabatas are insane. You know, there's so many different movements. People could Google whatever they want, but there's presses. There's, you know, you yes. could plank. You could, you don't have to have a weight. You don't have to have anything. Right. You could do wall squats and kill yourself. Right. I mean, there's just a thousand things you can do. There's stretching as well. I mean, people it's really important. don't give stretching, I think, the benefit for blood flow and, and all that stuff. I can't do the yoga moves because my knees, but um, I can do, I can stretch. So that's good. Your quads. The older I get, yeah. the more I appreciate stretching. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I think that stuff um, is huge. So my routine's pretty organic. I, when, I, when I can get on a good cycle, I will. But again, work is different for me. So I have to slide down a pole at any time when somebody's having a baby, right. somebody's in jail, there's an emergency, there's a crisis, there's this, there's that. We have an event, we got to go do this. And so all those things like kind of key off. And you want to be present. And, and, you know, the biggest principle I've learned about leadership is proximity. You got to be around or you're not a leader. You're just some dude calling people and tell them what to do. Yes. <laughs> but presence, <if laughs> presence is important. Yeah. So, so that's huge. So, you know, you like being places and, and, uh, so your schedule has to shift and move, but get it when I can. And then to tell you the truth, riding in this heat and air quality, it's isn't always the best. It's so, so hard. Yeah. I, I, well, I, now I'm doing a lot of Peloton riding yeah. or my, or on my own personal spin bike running on treadmills yeah, and just keeping it inside. So except, late, except for Sunday when Mr. Ames tried to kill me. Sure. See, that's but, right. You got friends like that. That's what they're for. Yeah. And uh, just remember, you invite me swimming, I'm cannonballing, man. There's no... <laughs> um, you know, but treading water is good. I, I, that's something that's I've actually stuff. been doing lately when I had COVID even was just, you know, I'll try to tread water and I'll just go to fatigue. And, you know, if I'm ever shipwrecked, it's going to pay off. <laughs> So true. So true. I don't know where else it's going to come in handy. I'm amazed at water polo people, though. It's that fun, freaks me out. I cannot sport. believe how high they get above the water in the wrestling matches. I wish they had an underwater camera. They, usually in the Olympics, they do. Yeah. They didn't show it That's as much. That's probably because I was year. watching females. So but uh, <laughs> yeah. but it, yeah, usually they have it. They just don't show enough of it because that's where the 
best yeah. part to watch is. That's yeah. where it's all happening. It looks like they're just beating the snot out of each other. They are. That's the funnest part of the game. Yeah. But, you know, it's so funny going back to, uh, you know, you're saying, yeah, you know, the rock cobbler and these guys running a, riding 100 miles, 9,000 feet of climbing. You don't have the, you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't need to be that guy. Right. I, I'm happy being just fit the way I am, and I appreciate where they've been. I know what that takes. And it's funny because I was telling some of the guys, because I always help the guys cook. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're usually making frites and whatever else we decide to serve right. that day. And for a number of years, I'm usually helping make the frites. Yeah. And at first, because I've done the rock cobbler twice. One time I did it pretty fit and had a good time. The other time I did it, I did it not fit at all mm-hmm. and suffered greatly from mile 40 on. Just It was a suffer fest. Right. We, we've all been there. Yes. And then, you know, it's just other things started happening. And I, you know, I'll just help them cook. And at first, the first couple of years when I was helping cook, I was having a, which I still have a blast helping that. Right. But I'm like, I could go do that if I wanted to. I'm, I'm, I'm deciding to help cook. Right. But if I wanted to go right, I could. Right. Last couple of years, I was telling the guys, I'm like, you know what's not fun about this right now, at this moment? I can't go right. Right. I, and it's knocking, you know, it's, it it's just reality. literally changed my mentality. Yeah. And like, okay, it's time to get, not go crazy. Right. I'm doing some things. I'm going to do a half Ironman in, in December, but I'm going to do it sensibly. I'm yeah. going to go crazy on the training and all that. Might do a full again. And again, I'm going to really think about how to, do it where I don't just fall off the edge and lose myself in right. it. But that mentality of when you can do something versus when you can't is so important. Right. Okay. It's one th- and that's an extreme. Well, the, the rock cobbler is an extreme I, I, I race. Think, I think you've hit on that. though with, with your move my mass episodes and just sharing some of your workouts is um, to, to be healthy. It has to be a lifestyle. Right. It can't be something you do. Now you can train for an event to have fun and motivate you and encourage you on, but you have to have a lifestyle. And I think that's what your question was of fitness. Yes. Of I want to be fit because I understand it's good for my heart. It's good for my blood pressure. It's good for my spirituality. It's, it's good, good for, for everything. Head. It's good yeah. for all my stuff, the endorphins, the, the neuroplasticity, all the things that kick off that happen in our body when we exercise. So when you have, and you also want to eat better. So it, 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 they all complement each other, right? Correct. So um, I, I think that making that lifestyle choice, right, is key. And, and yeah. that's what you've hit on that I think, you know, people that watch this appreciate and people that follow you on Instagram appreciate this. You're making it part of your lifestyle. You're not saying, hey, go be me and, and, and do this 18 hours a day. You're like, I do this and this is what I'm doing now to try this. And this is what I'm doing now to try this. And that's what you asked me. And I'm telling you, you know, when you said, hey, do you want to come on? I'm like, yeah. Do you want me to tell people how to be fat and happy? <laughs> And, uh, you know, but, but what I'm saying, I think if you make it part of your lifestyle, then it's going to be staying in that, in that body range that, that it's healthy for you and, and your belt size and your waist size, right. or the ladies, their dress size, whatever it is, they're going to be staying in that realm where they feel okay. Yeah. And then they can add things on as they see fit and, and change some tactics because not everybody's the same and and how you react to that ride is going to be different than how i react to the ride or weights or push if i if i use weights too much i look stupid 
because yeah. of my size. I just turn into like a little barrel, right? And so I, I I've got to do high what uh, yeah. high repetitions, a lot yeah. of stuff, and yeah. and the fatigue is better for me than pushing big weight. Because I push big weight, I start to look like my fingers. You just start putting it on immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just different. But you could have right. somebody else that's they're struggling. They're like, I need to eat protein, and I'm like, dude, I need to like get on a bike and thin out. See, I don't put on size real fast. Yeah, I see. can put on size, but it's not. I'm not like those guys like right. you that second I touch a heavy weight. Yeah, well, the, the, the tragedy is even as an older person now, you know, you're supposed to decrease in muscle mass. And I think that happens for everybody, but it doesn't happen for everybody the same exact way. Right. So right? true. And the same so thing true. with BMI stuff. People say, oh, your BMI is this. I'm like, yeah, my BMI is harder, but let me see your wrist. You're six foot, whatever. I'm five, eight. My wrists are the same size. I don't think we yeah. have the same bone structure. Yeah. Right. And right. my hands look like the ham hamburger man like the you know yeah. like a mickey mouse so you know right it's just different but you also have people that are you know everybody has that friend that they can it looks like they drink 40 beers and they're eating 18 pizzas and they're this big around totally that's some know. metabolisms and, and just all can that keep stuff. going so, like that but i think you've hit on lifestyles key you know just doing it and, and some consistency and getting it when you can you know, and figuring out what that looks like for you and how it makes you feel better. And then and just especially do that. if you do it for long enough, eventually it just starts happening every day, like where you're at and I'm at. You know, you just it's gonna happen in, in our day somewhere right. where we're gonna go get a ride in or push ups and sit ups, wherever it might be. Right. It's gonna happen. It's not a I have to write this down and I have to right. or it's not gonna happen. No, it's just it's nice once you get to that level of it's like having lunch. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, nobody, th you're right. That's really you know? pretty wise. So nobody goes, what am I going to eat? They don't care. They're going to eat. They don't yeah. like not eat. And then if they don't eat, they'll eat later. They're like, I'm yeah. hungry. Right. Your body's doing the same thing, but you're, what you're saying is that it, it gets to be hooked. And that's why I said, when I go to the bathroom, when I see those things, I'm like, I got to do that. Right. Yeah, right. And so, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, or whatever, you know, and, and if you start feeling it, you need the push up, right. And, and people use motivators, all sorts of them. You know, I think totally. a mirror is a good one. Saying you're going to the beach is a good one. Um, all those kind of things. A you wedding, <laughs> the wedding a one wedding. kills me, man. People yes. are like, I'm going to wedding. I'm like, Yeah. You gonna dance, <laughs> right? And social things or social events are definitely good motivators. Right for me, I need events. Yeah, I need to. Doesn't have. Yes, I am training for something bigger than normal, but an event of any kind. Like I just did that tough mutter. Yeah, um, right. A few weeks ago, you know, that was uh, didn't train for it, and it was a long day. Right, but still, you know, that kind of stuff motivates me a lot right. to have an event out there. Yeah, so um, that's funny you say that. So grandkids for me are now an event. And so I want to ride with them. Yes. And I do ride with them. And their little bodies, you know, like they fall and get back up. And their cut's gone tomorrow. I fall yeah. and get cut. And it's around for two weeks. Yeah. Matter of fact, sometimes they say, hey, you're bleeding. And I don't even know it, right? You're like right. old man cuts have now hit the, the zone. But I want to so ride with them. I want to play with them. I want to do stuff with them. So um that's been fun that's because true. their energy level's extremely high. No and typically, like, when they're done, Kim and I will just sit on the couch and go, okay, nobody talks for five minutes. Because <laughs> it's just like, you're flying, man. And yeah. Like, and then you do that, and they're still flying. Yeah, yeah. Unless no, they're but taking they a nap. Or, or they're gone. They're, that's yeah. what I mean. When they go out the door and go home, yeah. it's like, you know, we come back to this. But I think that that's, that's another thing. That I, I want that lifestyle to be one of activity because that's a new generation that needs to see we move. Yeah. We get up, we swim. 
no, why are we parking over here? Because the store's over there and we don't need the closest parking space. Right. One, our car won't get dinged. Two, you can walk. You know, it's hot. Hey. Yeah. You know, you're not a woman in Afghanistan. Quit your crying. So there's all sorts of bigger fish to fry, but they need right. to see that moving's a massive deal, whether it's a bike or whatever. And I think that getting them off the games, for me, yes. that's been huge. Just model it. Like, right. I'm not on my phone or on my computer doing this or that. We're trying to out have fun, get on the trail. So Do cannonballs. Oh, yeah. That's it, man. I mean, whatever. And then they're having a blast. So, yeah, I think that that lifestyle thing is something you've really hit on. I appreciate you sharing that with everybody, just saying, hey, here's what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to do to maintain my sanity and stay fit and and do this event and encouraging others and sharing your journey. I think that's pretty powerful because it helps people say, you know, I'm going to take that next step right. and do whatever I have to. And it's for some people, it might be going to get a coach. And some people, it's getting a gym membership. And some people, it's just getting a bike. Some people, it's walking it around anything. the block. It can be anything. Yeah. As can long be, as you're moving forward right. versus just staying still. And then that consistency thing, like you're saying, it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. And then you want to do it. And and it, and it um, you know, you can even, you can find the weirdest times to do it. You know, airplanes. I mean, they tell you know, and it, it's so funny when there's, I've been in every range of fitness in my life. You know, I've done it. I mean, I've done so many things and, you know, I'm going to, so I'm going to get into this ride that I went on with Sam on Sunday. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, it's, of course he's in shape, you know, former state champion cyclocross racer and the right. guy can ride yeah. you know he's raced and the guy can ride a bike great rider and yeah he's not in his best shape right now but still his his out of shape is my best shape right but so you know for a while he goes hey let's so there's a ride that leaves from here and it's a road it's pretty much i mean you've been on quality. it quality road yeah. you know for the listeners it's it's a roller it's not anything big climbing but it's there and back, it's 2,500 feet of, but it's, you're never climbing more than 100 feet at one time. Right. So you're just constantly punching, going up and down. And it's 30, 35 miles one way. Right. To this, we call it the reservoir that used to be on one of our ranches. And Sam, about a week ago, he goes, hey, let's ride this on Sunday. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm not fit enough to do this. <laughs> I will head out with you. And at some point, I'll turn around when I just feel, all right, here's a good you know, my long rides before that day were two hours, two right. and a half. I think I did one, three, but I'm slowly building my long rides up. I was not ready at all for 70 miles. Right. So I told him, I think around the two hour mark, I'm just going to turn around. Well, two hours, we were another 20 minutes to the reservoir. Right. So he goes, all right, man, if you want to turn around, here's your turnaround spot. I said, now let's just go to the reservoir knowing <laughs> I shouldn't have, knowing I shouldn't have, yeah. but we did it. We got, he's like, all right. And he's, I don't know, we're doing 16 and a half on the way out there yeah. slow, but I, we started off faster. Not, I didn't, but he's going faster. Right. And I just, okay, if he's going to ride with me, he's going to, I slowed it down. Cause I don't, if I hold this 18 miles an hour pace, right. there's no way I'm going there and back. So I don't know. We like I think we did like 16, 16 and a half on the way out there. Get to the reservoir. And it's not that hot yet. You know, we left here at six, so it's eight thirty <laughs> when we get out there. Yeah. And turn around. And I told him I'm like, I was tired, but I wasn't done. I was yeah. tired, but I'm like, this is gonna be a long ride back. Yeah. At some point, this is gonna suck. Right. I just knew it. And we turn around and heading back. And I told him, I said, I'm going back on kite. 
So listeners, you know, Quality Road is a little higher elevation up. Kite is to the west, so it's a little flatter. Yeah. doesn't have as many punches on it. I said, I'm taking Kite back. And he says, really? I go, yes. I go, I need to get back. <laughs> and I said, I know I can't do Quality. Plus that, there's that one puncher on Quality right after the river, yeah. Pozo. That's straight up for, it's only a couple minutes, yeah. but it's straight up. I knew mm-hmm. that would wreck me. Yeah. Now it's getting hot. I mean, it was 108 that day, I think, 106, right. something ridiculous. At the 45 mile, so it's 35 out, 10 miles back, it starts happening. You know, you, yeah, yeah. I, you, I'm sure you've been there. Cramping. No, I don't cramp, but it was just, I'm done. Yeah. It's like, eh, at this point, I'm doing 14 miles an hour. Yeah. And he's laughing. He's bouncing on his pedals like a ballerina. Yeah. You know, he's finding these little dirt hills to climb up and circle back down to me. And he's having fun on the bike. And, carry a gun. And I'm just, at this, it's full survival mode. Right. You know, so another 25 miles of <laughs> suffer fest. And you just keep looking ahead and you just see these little punchers. Yeah. You know, which when you're in shape, they're nothing. Right. I've written, I've written that. A number of times at 20 miles an hour. Right. number of times. Well, not the full 35 there and back, yeah. but most, you know, plenty. I've been at the fitness level where I can haul sure. ass. Yeah. That day was not that day. <laughs> I saw, it got to the point, like it was, it just got to the point where it was everything I had just to make the pedals go around. You're on the like, look, I'm not, ex- like, you're just, just go around again. Yeah. Just go around again, you know, Keep and you're just up. hoping for flat ground. <laughs> Like, so you can get some kind of efficiency going, you know? And he's like, do you want me to go get the truck? You know, and I'm not going to say, but yeah, I'm dropping bombs, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm calling him every name in the book. And he's like, do you want me to push you? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You know, so he's farting around with me. And, but anyway, you know, I just, I don't really didn't have anything to do with this podcast today, but you know, I, I know you and I have talked about it and there's days when you know what? You just have to go out and suffer. Yeah. But I mean, you're putting your limits. You're, you're, you're trying yeah. to figure out what your body can do and you're fun. And, and you know, you, right. it takes a little bit of time to recover, but you're fine. You bounce back. You know, I'm sure the next day was a little rough on the legs and it was, but, uh, yeah. but you, you come back and that'll, that, that'll, uh, prepare you for the, the next thing, the next adventure. All good. Yeah. You know, but, what was the hardest part of, not the hardest part of the day, but when I left here within a mile, I knew, I think you you know every athlete has yeah. had this day where you know immediately. Yeah, yeah, it's not happening today. No, no, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, even the you, you listen to guys in the tour, they say, "Yeah, I didn't have the legs today." They just know. Yeah. They know right from the beginning. They're like, "Yeah," and everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Yeah, something just doesn't feel right. It right. Feel, it don't feel good. Um, it's interesting though. I think that uh, you know, I don't know if you've been through any physical things, but uh, like I was doing the cobbler the first year and then got in a nasty car wreck and had to have neck surgery that's right. and stuff like that. Yeah, I that. forgot about that. And uh, so um, that took my whole riding deal off the map. And we had a whole bike ride across America called Kilometers for Kids. I was yeah. training every day <clears throat> and then got in this uh, accident um, even before the cobbler. And um, things started happening to my wrists. So I've had four surgeries on my wrists, six mm-hmm. knee surgeries. So the doctors, oh, you got to quit playing soccer, which was you know the biggest blow ever. Um, yeah, I'd ridden mountain bikes since about 84. So, um, that was easy to jump into cycling and did some racing there, Norba stuff. And, um, that was fun. But then when my wrist started going, then that became, you know, you got some pressure point on the bike. 
And that's what really hurt because I wanted to, my legs could do it. Yeah. My legs could go for five hours, right. but my wrist couldn't. Yeah. And there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. And so I was like, that that was to me harmful, you know, because for me, I, I wanted, I still wanted to do it. I still want to do it right now. Right. And, uh, you know, I need one of those bicycles. <laughs> Some hay bangers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But um, so yeah, I go as far as I can, but as soon as it starts to go, I mean, there's nothing I can do. But that feeling when you know you're done, whether it is your legs or your lungs or or just your head or any body part, you're like, oh, man. But yeah. I think the neat part is the journey. And then right, you, have, you, know, you have knucklehead friends. I still think you should take him swimming. So Sam Ames needs to do you know, a couple thousand meters maybe with you and see right. how that feels. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I know. A little payback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is, you know, it is such a different feeling from being super, super, super tired during an event or a run or a ride or a swim, whatever, versus complete bonk. Right. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was on that, and then and there's nothing you can do about it. You got to go on. Yeah. And so I've done it with little Max a couple of times. We we love riding uh, in the Red Rocks of Vegas, and I took him out one day, and we go out an hour. Right, and the kid can ride. He's nine, but he can ride forever. And uh, so we're out riding. We get about an hour out, and then everything shifts. <laughs> it gets cold. Oh, this wind yeah. comes. The yeah. rain comes. He's nine. He wants his mom. He wants. To, I'm like, dude, we're in the middle of the desert. And there's no way out. He goes, but I'm done. I'm like, well, you can sit here and the coyotes will eat you or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. We've got to go. There's bro. only one way out of here, yeah. and that's so, on that bike. So I think that those little things, and he remembers that. And I think for athletes and like what you just experienced, I think one of those things it does do, though, when you go through those little moments, and I think that's what I love about athletics and especially adventure. An adventure could be hiking the bluffs. It doesn't have to be what we're talking about. Yeah. Everybody can make up their adventure. That's right. But when you hit that point and then you go, I'm going to go through it. Then when you go back to work or into that relationship and those start to stack up and you have a little bit better perseverance mm-hmm. and endurance in all of life versus saying, I can't do it. Because somebody can just remind you, hey, man, you rode your bike that one day and you're ready to die now. So you don't need to punch your gardener because he didn't trim your hydrangeas. Yeah, I think everything's going to be okay. Oh, you can you get just through chill this. out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> but isn't that interesting that uh, we don't sometimes translate those, those experiences, but I think that what you're doing with your listeners, especially, is that is it does make a difference. So mental toughness is an aspect of, of athletics. I don't want to do another set. I right. don't want to swim another lap. Right. But it's that next lap that's going to take you to the next level. Or I don't want to do that extra mile. And it's going to take you to the next level in the other aspects of your life, like you said. Yep. Helps you get through it. And that's why I think it's cool. Yeah. But hey, Randy, thanks for coming on. Coffee doping. Before we end, yes. Coffee doping's a deal. Hashtag coffee doping. Hashtag coffee doping. Coming at coffee. What's the address? 1700 North Chester. All right. Been fun. Best coffee. Thank you for coming on. It was awesome. Yeah.